Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Okay, here we go with another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Camfield. Uh, the old ones, if you want to delve back into our past, are at didyouamerica.com. It's where you can also get one of our lovely T-shirts and vote for Song of the Week, which we will remind you of momentarily. Because we're in Season 2 now, boys and girls. This is Season 2, Episode... I have big news. This is episode. This is our 500th episode. <laughs> oh, we should have uh, balloons and bunting. It's not really. Do they have bunting I in America? I think we're at like 74. Our version of bunting is in baseball, where instead of doing like a full swing, you just kind of like nab the bat at the ball. Oh, bunting. It's like meh, bunting. Bunting yes. in, in the UK is what people get out when there's a royal wedding or such like. Another example of Brussels sprout syndrome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm no big fan of baseball, but if you're going to compare it to the British royal family, I definitely... So we basically, it's when you're whacking someone with a baseball bat, that's bunting, that's no, what you it's just like, said? it's like instead of doing a real manly swing because you're afraid you're not really going to hit it that far, you just kind of like stick the bat out there and let the ball hit it. Oh. It's a very pussy move. Is it the... Um, is it the uh, the hitting version of the Fauci first pitch? <laughs> I think it's the hitting version of like the Baba Booey first pitch, where it just goes like all the way to the right. Okay. Yeah, you get, it doesn't get worse than that. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. I, I again, you're right. Brussels sprout syndrome. I prefer the American version of bunting. What else is new? <laughs> No, really. What else is new? Well, okay. Um, what do we need to... Oh, I'll tell you what we need to discuss today. Uh, I, I was texting this to a bunch of friends of mine, none of whom care, but I like to uh, start the countdown, to countdown now. My text message today simply said six months until the bell rings because it's June 24th, which means it's six months until I religiously watch It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas <laughs> Eve. Wait, so is this... This is like the official halfway mark. Well, breaking news, boys and girls... Um, I might have to be changing my TV provider. You know all of the... If you've been listening to this podcast for a, a period of time... I have you, not you, you, No, I know. Uh, you know uh, I got all excited when I discovered uh, YouTube TV right. and I, I felt so millennial because I cut the cord and suddenly got TV that was just in my TV rather than having an, an additional box. You're, you still seem excited just describing it now. Well, yeah, but my dis my excitement has dissipated somewhat because, oh, no. uh, because uh, I've discovered that for my $65 a month, and, and of course, unless um, the uh, the people... That, why are you looking at that microphone? Did you touch my microphone? I might have touched it at some point. I might have touched it. As, are you me tooing me? <laughs> I'm like, I was just about to... I was, sir, I was are looking all about my microphone. I was just about to say, I did touch your microphone because I used it for something the other day, but then I was like, is this code? No, I, I just noticed that it was the knob was turned a bit, but I, I think we're okay. We'll find out when we listen back to this. I may have turned the knob on your microphone. You're always touching knobs. 
<laughs> Cock Talk is back. Uh, okay, that's this uh, this today's segment for Cock Talk. No, I uh, so I'm very excited when I got YouTube TV. Um, and uh, I will stick with YouTube TV if they suddenly contact us and say they want to uh, sponsor the Digimerica podcast. Right. But um, it suddenly occurred to me when I realized that it's six months until the bell rings today. In a couple of weeks' time, it will be time for Christmas in July, and YouTube TV does not have any of the Hallmark channels. Why? I'm, I'm sorry to s- slip away here, but why if the halfway mark is June 24th, why is Christmas in July a thing? Why is it not Christmas in June? Because, well, I don't know. It's just it's just the way that it's turned out. And also, I you don't... You should be celebrating right now. I don't know that anyone else... Get your on, tree. I don't know that anyone else on the planet celebrates six months until the bell rings because that might just be me. I think look, it's like you and children. Looking forward to my annual view. Look, I watch It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve just like every other good American because it's set on Christmas Eve, right? I tend to watch like a Hanukkah movie. Our options are Eight Crazy Nights and oddly Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway. So Christmas in July I'm fine with, but then I suddenly discovered, oh my God, um... The YouTube TV does not have the Hallmark Channel or Lifetime. And there ain't no time I go more traditionally gay than Christmas in (laughs) July or Christmas when suddenly I need Hallmark Channel and Lifetime because I need all of their schmaltzy Christmas TV movies. And they show them for a whole week when Christmas in July is happening. And then I discovered there's this thing called Fubo TV. Okay. For for $65 with Fubo TV, if you want to sponsor this podcast, Fubo to Fubo TV, you get not not 86 channels, 100. 118 channels and they include all the ones that the gays watch at Christmas which are Lifetime and Hallmark so this is I'm guessing that's like the that's the streaming option for those channels so could you could you not do like just maybe a one month free trial right in December I think Fubo have realized that is, that is Fubo the same thing as the clo- are, is it Fubu is that like there used Google to be, it? There used to be a clothing he- brand, Fubu. It's for us by us. Is it? Is this television by Diddy's clothing brand, Fubu? Is it? I don't know. I I'm just, I just, I, I just discovered it because the most pressing thing on my agenda this week was, oh my god, I'm not going to have the Hallmark Channel for Christmas in July. I need to figure out a way around this. You were right. It's Fubo TV, not Fubu. Fubo, TV. Fubo. Fubo. Is it P. Diddy? It's not Diddy. Because I know I noticed they carry Revolt. Wasn't that his TV network he started? Fubu clothing, completely different thing. Google has answered our problem. Okay. Anyway, um, this was a very long-winded way of saying I might have to ditch my YouTube TV to get uh, Fubo TV because I need to have Hallmark Channel and Lifetime for the well, they do a week's free trial. So I could just get it for a, time it out. I then. could just get it for a week. I'll hook you up with an email so you can get two weeks. I got you, bro. Oh, that might be a good idea. Merry Christmas. Don't ever ask me for anything again. <laughs> I don't care if we ever start making crazy money from this podcast. We become the next Joe Rogan. Do not ask ask me for anything again. Well, anyway, I it, it's uh, there's the, the most pressing issue in my life this week was figuring out a way to get Hallmark and Lifetime in about three weeks' time, and I think I've done it. Wait, so you need This front it? room is going to be jingle jangling the weekend after 4th of July. There has to be, I mean... I don't want to sound crazy, and I know it's 2021, but this seems more up your alley than streaming anyways. 
Maybe you can go on Amazon and find a DVD of these films. That's not the same. <laughs> How's you not need, the same? You need to have the channel guide to see just the, 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 to flick through the fact that there's back to back schmaltzy Christmas shit on in July when it's 100 degrees outside in the great state of Texas. Just choosing a streaming option. No, no, well, no, 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 well, no. Well, now no. we're going to need multiple people to hook you up with emails. So come December when you uh, want to watch all this stuff over again i like to get the channel guide so i can be like okay that's the christmas movie on hallmark with the chick who used to have a career in dawson's creek that's the christmas music movie with the guy from the reboot of dallas who was famous for about 12 minutes you know uh here's the one with dean kane because he came out as a conservative and can't get any other work <laughs> that, that kind of thing you know how uh on this podcast a lot we'll make fun of like the crazy things your dad does this is what your hypothetical kid on his <laughs> podcast would be making fun of. You were like, my dad's crazy. He won't even get the DVD because he wants to see what's coming up next, even though he can just decide on his own what's coming up no, next. It's a, no, it's a, it's all part of the process to go flicking through the channel guide and counting how many Hallmark Christmas movies Melissa Joan Hart has now made. It's all 12. part of it. It might actually be more than that. <laughs> and also the thrill of like, when is the Debbie Gibson one? On. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> see, I get you. You can see my excitement coming so up. Fubo for this. it is. I am uh, Bath and Body Works, if you're listening. I know the demand might not be huge in July, but could you bring out one of those cinnamon candles that you have for Christmas? Because I need to have the right scent. I mean, that's another thing. While, you, I, while, you, I, while I'm watching Debbie Gibson in Jingle All the Way. Do you know what Amazon is? Yes, but I just. You it, can find a, a candle, a cinnamon, they, cinnamon candle year round. These are traditional things. It's like when it comes to the real Christmas Eve. I know that on my DVD of It's a Wonderful Life, there's a coloured in version, but I don't watch the coloured in version I... because James Stewart intended you to watch him in black and white. Also, it's less obvious he's wearing a wig if you watch it in black and white. <laughs> Are you one of these pumpkin spice people? No, I, I mean, I don't like or dislike it. I'm all about the holiday cups when they come out at the after after Halloween. Pumpkin spice, I could give, I could okay. give or take. As long as I just had to make sure because, you know, this whole... This whole Christmas thing is going over the edge a little bit, so I had to make sure there wasn't another thing I had to hate you for. Christmas in July. I, I One of my friends, because well, you know how much I love Christmas, it got to New Year, and I sent a and he doesn't like Christmas. I sent a text message to him about something like Christmas. It was like January 1st, 2021, and his response to me was, I think we're done with Christmas now, at least until July. Well, it's time <laughs> for Christmas in July. I'm honestly shocked that your Christmas stuff isn't still up. You seem like that type. No. No, 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 no. But I am I am going to enjoy Debbie Gibson in Tinsel on my TV. I mean, when Debbie Gibson is in one of those Hallmark movies with Melissa Joan Hart and Dean Cain, that's the Holy Trinity. I'm surprised you're not like, I can't believe it's even streaming. I need basic cable to view this. <laughs> if I can't plug in an aerial and get the Hallmark channel showing Christmas movies back to back when it's 100 degrees outside in July, what's gone wrong with... Thanks, Obama! <laughs> don't, don't ever make fun of your dad's TV habits again. <laughs> you know what? Screw the other thing that I already forgot I was getting you for Christmas. I'm getting you a set of bunny ears. <laughs> 
Oh, I got a funny update with my dad. You know, a few weeks ago, we were talking about the fact that he was going to have his new TV delivered. He hadn't right. updated his TV in 15 years, and I was dreading him trying to install it because I thought it was just going to be uh, absolute hell for him. Right. To give him credit, he actually did a decent job. I didn't get one WhatsApp message over the weekend of him saying, oh my God, it's all gone to shit. I can't get any TV. I told you it wouldn't work if it doesn't connect to the aerial on my roof, etc., etc. So he's good. he's done good with the TV. Managed to get his cable box plugged in and all of that kind of stuff, even his DVD player. But the last time I FaceTimed him, FaceTimed him on Sunday... Um, I was getting this good kind of like, you know, it's, it's a bigger TV than he's used to. It's really good for watching soccer. Uh, the Euro championships are happening now. He's all into that kind of stuff. And then I said, um, have you investigated the apps? Because he's never had a TV you can get, you know, Prime or Netflix, right. that kind of stuff on. And he went, um, no, I haven't figured those out yet. I said, well, they're actually pretty easy. You, you just use it like a computer. And th- th- then he said, well, I didn't understand because I did a Google search on my make of TV, and I found a website about that TV. Didn't give me any instructions on how to use Netflix. <laughs> See, now, actually, I take back what I said before. You are the opposite of your dad. Instead of refusing to do new things because it's more convenient, you're refusing to do old things because it's new convenient. You're like, no, DVDs are no longer an option. I can only stream. I'm fine with DVDs. I, it's not about streaming. It's about wanting to see the channel guide of the like of the 24-hour back-to-back. You can pull that up online. It's I'm n- just trying to help you. I don't want to see it on a computer. I want it on my TV, and I want to have a remote in my hand, and I want to be going, Melissa Joan Hart 1, Melissa Joan Hart 2, Debbie Gibson, Melissa Joan Hart 3, Dean this- Kane, random guy I used to fancy from the Dallas reboot, <laughs> shame his career never took off, Melissa Joan Hart 5, etc., etc. This is the weirdest and worst intervention ever. <laughs> it might be the worst podcast introduction. <laughs> <laughs> have we played the intro yet? Before, No, 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 we've played the okay. intro. This is actually the start of the show. We've begun the show. We do actually have some things that are occurring in the world to discuss on uh, today's episode of uh, Did You America? But I'll say it one more time. Six months until the bell rings. (laughs) Three weeks until Christmas in July. What is this bell? It's on. It's a wonderful life. You've never watched It's a Wonderful Life. I'm Jewish. I know. Clearly not. That doesn't, but it doesn't, because they say every time, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's it's lost on you. I, I'm Jewish and a millennial. You think I'm going to watch a black and white Christmas movie? You can watch the colored inversion. Like you have your things you stand against. I have mine too. I will not watch the colorized version. <sighs> okay. Let's talk about Britney. <laughs> Let's. Brittany was in court yesterday uh, because uh, she isn't allowed to have uh, to remove her uh, IUD and have more kids. And she's saying that her dad is still controlling her entire life and her body. And she's absolutely had enough of it to the point that apparently she's not even allowed to have a baby with her boyfriend. And this is the latest stage of the Free Brittany campaign. So what's now like, what's the next step here? Is she getting, is she getting free? Did we free Britney? Well, I think she's definitely getting a lot of attention and people seem to be uh, coming down on her side. And I think, um, I mean, if you watch the stuff that she was saying yesterday, she came across as a very together adult putting a case forward uh, to say that she's being controlled to a ridiculous extent and uh, it's completely unfair 
Um, and I think it maybe says a lot about the legal system in terms of how many papers can get signed and doctors can write certain things to, you know, be on her dad's side, who's who's apparently controlling her at the moment. I don't know if she's being freed. Most people seem to be coming down on her side. So that might be that might be the next development just around the corner. You know, I uh, I've talked about this before. A lot of times with documentaries, uh, especially like these really big these ones that get really popular mm. and everyone pays attention to, you know, People tend to forget that there is a factor of entertainment that's drawing you in and, you know, kind of persuading you to one side. And I'm not saying that's the case with this Britney Spears scenario, because everything we as the public have learned over the last year has been like, holy shit, that sounds crazy. That seems so unfair. How can any normal adult do that? But, you know, we're all kind of seeing Britney not as the Britney that went crazy yeah, and yeah, shaved yeah, her yeah, head yeah. that one time. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, she's normal now. That was just a phase. And I, I'll i tell you to go go take one look at her Instagram page. Now, Britney Spears is a very attractive woman. Mm-hmm. Even as she's gotten older, she's remained very attractive. Yet she, she takes these videos, and she's now done this like five, six, maybe ten times, where she'll be in a uh, bodysuit. And take like a above angle video of her dancing extremely awkwardly to a music. And I guess in her mind, it's supposed to be sexy, but it is literally the weirdest fucking videos on the internet today. Now, to that point, let me say, I, I might be about to say something controversial. Right, hold on, I gotta get my cancel button. <laughs> Grip hold of something firm. I got it. Um, so I don't know the ins and outs of the Britney case. We haven't really heard her uh, her dad's side to it. In fact, uh, her dad didn't her dad. I think her dad sent his lawyer <laughs> to make a statement yesterday, rather than the dad doing it himself, saying, "I'm very I'm very sorry that Britney's in so much a world of pain." I'm paraphrasing paraphrasing somewhat at the moment, but it wasn't the dad showing a great deal of emotion and right. concern. It was like, "Okay, I'll put some bullshit statement out via my lawyer." I'll, I'll just say <laughs> yeah, that. Let's let him deal with it. So I don't know. You know we. We don't really know the the dad side of it, and I don't know the ins and outs of the Britney situation. But to your point about artists and the management of artists, because essentially what the dad was doing uh, during this time was managing her career. And I think the argument that Britney is making now is that there was a period of time where uh, she was in a bad mental way and she needed help, but now she's past that. And as a result of all of these things that she signed back then, she's got all of these constraints on, on her life now. Right. What I would say overall with the kind of typical arrangements that artists have with managers, and this is from my experience of dealing with a lot of artists, having been in radio since I was about five, doing lots of interviews with artists, you know, knowing people in who are, you know, big time music managers and people from record labels and, and, and such like, you do notice that in some cases, some of the most successful artists of all time, the people that have written great songs that you know and love and that have done great performances and so on and so forth, are absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> right. And and that may be what makes them create great art. And I'm not saying everyone who's an artist is like this, but there, there are many artists that, because they have this artistic ability, 
have a complete inability to exist within the real world. And that's where their management comes in. And so it's very easy, I think, in some cases. And again, I'm not saying this is the case for Britney because I don't know enough about the inner workings of, the, of that situation. But it's very easy or would be very easy for some artists to present their management as being this controlling awful dictatorship when in actual fact if it wasn't for the manager and the manager in a lot of cases dealing with so much bullshit 24 7 from the artist you would have never have got the art out in the first place there are many examples of very very talented artists that if they didn't have a manager in a frankenstein and frankenstein's monster scenario they would never have got the level of success that they've got they need to have that kind of hard-ass person you know, controlling their career and also being a dominant force within the industry because it's the music business, as I'm always fond of saying. Now, nowhere near, obviously, the Harvey Weinstein level. I'm not talking about that. But just in terms of, like, the hardcore managers who get the job done and make sure that the artist is seen in the best light, that's a lot of work in some cases. Well, especially, I mean, look at Britney Spears being the example where she was the biggest star in the world and then kind of fell off the face of the earth for a few years. Right. Now, like, has in the last, you know, five, ten years has really had a reclamation, but at, at a very, very lesser level than where she was at. I think you, you make a good point about musicians and how they tend to be crazy. And, you know, uh, Seth Rogen actually in his, in his book he just put out a few months ago kind of described it the best way. He said, you know, celebrities all of them are crazy they all have these huge egos you know mm -hmm. they surround themselves with people who are yes men and do everything mm -hmm. they want but with movie stars and television stars because of the nature of the work occasionally they have to work with normal people because they know? have extras on set extras people who are working the equipment mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. writers producers mm -hmm. they're surrounding themselves with very normal everyday people so for a little bit of their day they have to at least act normal right musicians never have this musicians only work around people who are constantly telling them yes you're great yes you can do whatever they want and when they don't do that those musicians fire those people right i mean i've got a friend who's uh, been a manager of very big artists for a very long period of time and he always summed up his job as an artist manager uh, explaining it to me by saying your job as a manager of artists is basically to look after the career of artists that are on the way down but manage their expectations because they always think they're on the way up. Right. Right. <laughs> That's a pretty good description of the job. And I think, again, I can't speak to the, 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 the Britney situation, but you, 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 you do raise a good point in terms of, you know, her rebirth as the, you know, the Vegas artist when she did the residency and, right, and, and, right. and, and that kind of thing. And I think it was brought up in the court case about how, she generated so many millions of dollars from that. And part of her point was, I should be allowed to make all my own decisions away from all of these restrictions because look, I've done the Vegas residency and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. And maybe 
the level to which her dad is controlling her now is outrageous and too much. But equally, without decent management around her, would that Vegas residency have happened? Would those shows have been as good? You know, you've got to have the right people around you. And uh, there's two good examples of this that we've spoken about on this podcast a couple of times before. One of them is a male example. I'm going to throw a man into the mix here just Do so it. it's not such a sexist thing. Let's start with a woman, though. Um, <laughs> of course, of course. Whitney, Women first. Whitney, Whitney Houston. Um, she had a a long career of having a lot of success and performing to a very high standard. And then the end of Whitney's life was very, very sad. All of, uh, you know, her her drug dependency and kind of erratic behavior became headline news and she started doing terrible shows. And then in in the end, she sadly died. I've I've told that story before about the time I was staying at a hotel in Manchester, um, which was shortly before Whitney Houston uh, died, but she'd been doing shows in the UK. And the people, uh, she'd been staying at that hotel in the penthouse suite or something. And uh, the staff at that hotel were telling me that uh, when Whitney was staying at that hotel, their residents were all starstruck because they kept on hearing from different guests at that hotel that they'd met Whitney in the elevator. It was a constant stream (laughs) of people that were telling the front door staff, I just met Whitney in the elevator. They were telling the bar staff, oh my God, I saw Whitney in the elevator. This is the weirdest haunted hotel ever. Right. Well, no, no, no. She wasn't dead by this point. She Uh, was almost dead. And by virtue of that fact, she was so out of her mind. She was literally just riding the elevator going, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. Now, the point being, uh, the people talk about Whitney and say that actually for many years of her life, she was kind of a party animal. You just never heard about it or saw it because she had management around her that were, okay, if she's going to party, she's going to party. But when she needs to work, we're going to make sure that she can work. And equally, we're going to keep all the partying out of the public eye because she's not the kind of artist that that is a marketable facet. She didn't exactly scream cocaine the way Rick James Right, but... when that, uh, yeah, she never ever hit someone over the head with a crack pipe and then set them alight with it. <laughs> well, she did. You just didn't hear about right, it. Right. Right. Okay. But that's the point. The management were there. Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster right. protecting the brand. And when that management weren't there and it went to another management, that's when she was riding the elevator all day long. The male version of this, Axl Rose. How many years was the the you know the version of Guns N' Roses Axl Rose and his you know hired hands 10 15 years right? right and during that time there were shows starting 3 hours late shows that were cut short after 30 minutes cuz he walked off shows where he had no voice just some great shows and lots of really terrible shows and his reputation became awful it became he might go on stage at 2 o'clock in the morning, and if you wait in the venue till 2 a.m., he might be off by 2.15. It all depends, I right? I can't remember if you told this story on this podcast. Didn't once, like, he delay a concert because he didn't have someone to braid his hair? Oh, well, no. The, he, um, the, the hairdresser was being flown into the UK for the download festival this right, was right. from Nairobi <laughs> on a private plane, And when he arrived, he didn't have the legal paperwork to say that he could legally work in the UK. So he wasn't allowed to come into the country from his private plane and basically got sent back. Like the guy from Nairobi came in with his, you know, haircutting, braiding utensils. It's like, I'm here for Axl Rose. I mean, just the idea that you would fly in a guy from Nairobi just to braid your hair. You could have found a local talent to do that somewhere in the UK. He brought scissors and no passport. He basically brought scissors and no passport. So he was, again, bad management. A good manager (laughs) would have been 
been on the phone to Nairobi saying, okay, have you got your passport? Have you got your work documentation? Right. We're good to go. Bring all of the utensils to braid the hair. We're going to have a great show today, right? Um, but there was another example of Axel Rose that uh, he got banned from um, one of London's most high-end hotels because he checked out of the hotel owing them, it was something like, 200,000 pounds and the reason was was because he booked into a hotel for a couple of nights that were arranged by his management when he was playing one show in London just decided he liked it stayed in the hotel the hotel staff were like well we got Axel Rose here we'll just let him stay in the suite for as long as possible he'll pay when he checks out never paid again <laughs> Bad management. This was during the time when his voice was always going and the shows were terrible and so on and so forth. I don't know what the secret elixir is of the Guns N' Roses management now, but as we've said before, since he got back with Duff and Slash, they've been a very successful touring entity for about five years now. Maybe it's because secretly Slash and Duff are his conservators. I think I think that's, are they the Jamie Spears? Right. I mean, after hearing all this, all I can say is I don't think that we should free Britney. I think we should set a law that if you are a millionaire musician, you need to have a conservatorship. <laughs> that's a very very unpopular opinion. Well, those are the only opinions I have, my friend. Jeremy Hoffman, twenty twenty four. But that is that is my point. Now it seems that uh, Guns N' Roses have good managers because I can't imagine that Axel uh, has you know suddenly had this epiphany where he realised after so long of doing it, ah, oh, if I sort of kept in good enough shape to keep my voice good and I managed to get on stage on time, and when we commit to doing two hour shows, they're going to be two hour shows, and I arrive everywhere I should be and check out my hotel rooms on time and don't uh, insist on people from Nairobi being flown in with no legal paperwork to break my hair for one show in the UK if I stop all of that then suddenly my life will be easier I just think that the management have figured out some way of managing him better and therefore that makes the shows happen and you so to play devil's advocate you have to kind of ask yourself the question if Britney didn't have the right management around her which apparently at some periods of time was her dad would you have had hit me baby one more time performed with such proficiency on that stage in Vegas see everyone acts like that was the greatest Britney era the Kevin Federline shave your head era was the best Britney era and I will stand behind that forever Right, that's why you think that everyone who's got at least a million in the bank needs to have some conservatorship. Yeah, not even music people. You know, I, you're giving all this credit to Axl Rose changing up anything. I think that he just finally, his braids were clearly too tight. He stopped braiding his hair, falling. He's like, oh, I don't have to be so crazy. <laughs> maybe that was it, because he hasn't had braids. He has to have his hair so, braided. Yeah, maybe it was just putting too much pressure on his head. You know, you always act like my theories are so crazy. <laughs> Do you think he got in the same room as Slash and Slash just took a brush and said, look, let me just <laughs> let me just tend to your hair. Doesn't that feel better, I Axel? Think I, and then and as, he, as he was just brushing his hair, Axel went, fuck me, have you seen the time? We're on stage in 10 minutes. <laughs> he just, he forgot that he was no longer a part of a band with him. He was like, we have to go, come on, we're going to be late. Like all of a sudden his brain snapped back to like 1988. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe you might, you might, but I mean, I'd, I've have never- Have I ever been wrong? I've never, well, certainly, but I've never had braided hair maybe it just put too much pressure on his brain you cannot give me one example of me ever being wrong uh, a couple more things on the uh, the music and the Britney front uh, Justin Timberlake has uh, stepped up I feel like this is the same thing that I said a few weeks ago about uh, 
Seth Rogen and Jimmy Kimmel type celebrities where they're so concerned that things they've done in their past they're going to be held accountable for that they just go woke 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 I'm so woke I'm so woke please don't watch videos of the man show that you might have on VHS from the 90s when I was doing terrible things because I'm woke 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 now so um, Justin Simberlake was like okay I want to wade into this Britney situation I'm all for her and so's my wife he actually like he brought his wife into it he was like what's his wife's name I think Jessica Biel Jessica Biel right. Jessica and I are fully supporting Britney and, and th- this is after of course uh, Justin Timberlake I think quite unfairly was uh, portrayed as one of the uh, villains in the Britney story right because he uh, had the whole uh, titgate. Is it called titgate with Justin <laughs> with, with, with Janet Jackson? Titgate is absolutely what because it's because he had the whole uh, hashtag titgate with uh, with. Um uh, Janet Jackson, Janet Jackson. Uh, and that was deemed to be his way of trying to get one up on uh, Britney after they broke up and then this was the thing that I really didn't get the people that are all like so right on with Free Britney suddenly had a problem with Justin Timberlake writing songs about their breakup every great artist writes songs about breakups they become some of the biggest hits of all time you can't do that now I guess we gotta cancel Taylor Swift too right well exactly I uh you know here's an Epstein level conspiracy for for you. Justin Timberlake clearly forced Britney into the conservatorship, <laughs> and that's why he's now coming out like, oh, no, we're totally in support. Don't look at me. That bit, well, again, and, and I don't have anything necessarily for or against Justin Timberlake, but it really does seem to me that in that case, he was very unfairly made one of the villains in the Britney situation because there was there was competitiveness between two exes who were making music, and he wrote songs about the breakup, and you weren't allowed to do that. But now he's so scared of being you know, pursued again by the by the woke brigade. He was like, right, let's put out a statement saying we're fully behind Britney. And the bit where he brings Jessica Beale into it, I'm reading that and I thought like this is like the scene in Life of Brian when he goes, I'm Brian and so's my wife. <laughs> I just think that this is his version of the you know the McAfee antivirus guy who just died. There, now all the conspiracies are about him because he tweeted out like, hey, if you find me dead in my cell, it wasn't me. I'm loving my time here. And then boom, I think yesterday he was found dead. This is clearly Justin Timberlake's Epstein style message to the world being like, I'm secretly behind all of this. <laughs> I'd like it if, um, hey, whoever's going to manage uh, Britney next, maybe it should be us. Maybe we should take on the management of Britney. I'm down. Um, I think that we should uh, get Britney and Justin Timberlake to do a metal concept album about the whole thing. How about that? It. Like yeah. a rock opera, but like metal? Like a rock opera, but metal. Love I want it. like double kick drum, widdly guitar solos. As long as we get JT and Assless Chaps, I'm with it. JT and Assless Chaps screaming. She's going to go like full on Nightwish or any of those bands. It's going to be me. <laughs> that was their song, right? That was sync. Was it? I'm not so well it up on the, them or Backstreet Boys. I'm not so well up on the NSYNC back catalogue. <sighs> Maybe we'll get, seeing as they're so newsworthy, someone from Cannibal Corpse to produce the album. <laughs> How about that, right? I like it. Yeah, that's a good idea. If I- that happens, we have real powers. I tell you, our cosmic powers are strong. I'm waiting for Imagine the article on Blabbermouth next week is Britney Spears <laughs> and Justin Timberlake bury the hatchet for metal rock opera about, about conservatorship. <laughs> and then there's the guy from Cannibal Corpse with, uh, and he's like, you know what? 
all my Cannibal Corpse pictures, I look a bit scary because I'm in Cannibal Corpse. I think I need to <laughs> dial it down a bit for the Britney audience. Can we, for, for the PR, put a shot of me next to the claw machine where I'm taking out the, 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 the teddies for kids? He, like, you know how models will, like, Photoshop, they'll touch up their bodies. He just, like, fins out his neck into a normal neck. Yeah, and he's got, like, a pink teddy bear that he's just went <laughs> out the claw machine and he's going, I'm about to give this to a kid with cancer. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, we have uh, other things to discuss. Uh, Lord is possibly signaling the end of CDs. There's some um, uh, food stuff that we need to get to as well. And uh, there's a gay in the NFL. Well, there's probably a few gays in the NFL, but one of them is confirmed. We'll get to that in part two. All right, let's do part two of Did You America? Thanks for hanging out with this episode. He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Canfield. Quick reminder of Song of the Week. If you want to vote, you can do via digiamerica.com or there is a poll on my Twitter where I am at Ian Canfield. Three new releases. You choose the one that you prefer. This week, I'm going with Remember the Days by The Wild Hearts. I went with Lumberjack by Tyler, the Creator. New York producer going with Jackie by Eve Tumor. All right. Jackie by Eve Tumor. Lumberjack by Tyler, the Creator. Or Remember the Days by The Wild Hearts. Vote at Ian Canfield on Twitter, or if you want to vote on the website, you can do digiamerica.com, which is also the place you can get uh, our T-shirts if you feel so inclined, or if you uh, wish to listen to any of the previous episodes, they are all available there. Lord has that new song out, which is a rip-off of... Uh, Royals? <laughs> no, Royals was when she was not... I feel like Royals was a very unique song. She's only. I can only imagine her doing Royals. We're just going to call this song Royals. No, she's got a new song called Solar Power that people of a certain age call Freedom 90 by George Michael. Royals 2. It's not Royals 2, that's the thing. It sounds it's like... It's Freedom 91. It's Freedom 2021. Oh, that's what year it is? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta get my time machine. Um, so, uh, but again, I don't, was Lord even alive in 1990? I don't know. I don't know how familiar... I wasn't. I don't know how familiar she was with uh, the, the, the George Michael song. But anyway, it's a taste of of Lord's new album and she is being praised for not releasing a CD version of it. She's releasing a discless version of the new album. You can get it Say in it a- again? Discless. Say it like 50 times. Discless, discless, discless. Eventually that discless. S is going to go away. Just you wait. Are you 15 again? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Um, you get a biodegradable box that comes with a digital download, a booklet, and other materials. Uh, basically, uh, Lorda said that um, she doesn't want to manufacture a bunch of plastic that would just end up in a landfill in two years. Lord, have more faith in your products. Is your album that <laughs> shit? Yeah, I still have al- albums or CDs that I have hoarding away. Right. I mean, I've still got uh, CDs from the late 90s by, I don't know, Puddle of Mud. And yeah. if anything was destined for a landfill. You know what she, <laughs> that's for sure. She's, you know what she's doing? She's seeing all this money that's going into like stupid valuables like vinyl and she clearly has an awesome CD collection that she wants to sell for a lot of money one day because, you know, after Royal, she's clearly not having success with Freedom 2021. So, <laughs> you know, she's trying to, once CDs are gone, you know what's going to be very expensive and everyone's going to want? 
CDs. Yeah, maybe. So she says she's selling what she's marketing as a music box. You get a digital download of the album. Does it have like one of those little ballerinas that spin inside of it? It would be amazing if you open the box and that plays the song. I mean, to be honest, can you imagine? Like, the, I, what I love is that the people that are music purists, the people that have got sound systems in their front room that are worth about $10,000 that will tell you that you don't get anything like the warmth you do from vinyl if you're listening for CDs and they hate MP3s and everything. Can you, right. imagine, can you imagine those people that refuse to listen to things on Spotify and Apple Music because they say the sound, the compression is just too shit and then they see Lord is releasing new music from a musical box that you just flip open and that's it quality-wise. I, I saw like an online argument the other day where someone was trying to claim that they still watch DVDs and don't use any of the streaming networks because Blu-ray and DVDs are just so much better quality than when you're streaming. I've never watched a movie on Netflix and thought, I can't watch this. This is unviewable. <laughs> you weren't watching something on Netflix and thinking, you know, if only this was on Laserdisc. I've watched blurry porn that I've been like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> I get the gist. Boobs, vagina, butt. <laughs> So in the music box, it's not one of those spinning ballerinas as you describe. You get a digital download of the album. Um, you get a physical product in the form of a 100% biodegradable hard eco box. So does that mean that not only are you not getting a physical CD, but the, the biodegradable hard eco box, which I guess is the, the, the rest of it, is eventually just going to waste away? Clearly, Lord is an anti-Walkmanist. Um, <laughs> how am I supposed to listen to these awesome tracks when I'm on a run with my CD player? This is where I think our argument suddenly falls down, though, because the album will be available on vinyl. Oh, God. I mean, that's a bigger piece of material that's going to end up in the landfill. That's going to end up in the landfill first. Maybe Lord's fans are just so used to hitting play on their laptops or telling Alexa to play the, the latest Lord song that, that they don't No, Freedom 2021. <laughs> that they don't care about uh, not having physical product. I mean, again, this might be a very unwoke take on this, but Lord... Did you read any statistics about the amount of pollution China pumps out before you decided that the work that you've been spending the last couple of years on wasn't worthy of being released on CD and you were going to put it in a box that was basically going to fall apart? What a weird prayer. Because he started with Lord and her name is... Uh... I get it. You don't get it. Let me explain it again. So if we were going to bring that parallel into it, the, the, the good Lord in the big book is very anti-stealing. Everything online <laughs> music is stealing, right? Oddly, though, love CDs. <laughs> it's right there in the book. You yeah. don't believe me? Go back and read it. Go and have a conversation with Lars Ulrich about music theft and online streaming and, su <laughs> oh, and such God. like that. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I don't know with uh, the Lord situation. I feel like the um, people seem to want their physical product more than ever now. Um, here's my prediction for this, right? Further down the line, when she needs a little bit more money and maybe isn't feeling so woke, you might suddenly get an anniversary released version of this new album. And suddenly it's available in all kinds of different formats with a 250-page book that isn't biodegradable and a discs galore with demo versions and such like. And at that point, everyone will go, well, she's okay, she can change her mind. Whatever, 52 versions of Royals, let's do it. By the way, uh, talking of one other thing that I will talk about uh, with... Um, 
um, re-released versions of stuff. Uh, this is our cosmic power at work here. I was reading an interview with the lead singer of uh, Def Leppard the other day, talking about the fact that they're going to do a 40th anniversary of the Hysteria album. And um, somewhere in this article, he was talking about reissues and such like that. And he goes... It's like that old James Bond movie, Never Say Never Again, and then went on to talk about something completely else, something completely different. I thought, what are the chances of the greatest James Bond movie being mentioned by the singer of Def Leppard in an article about the 40th anniversary of the Hysteria album? I think our cosmic powers are properly at work here. So you sent this article to me, and immediately I kind of started questioning things. It... Now, this most likely is our cosmic powers, but now I'm convinced that you have somehow become a tech genius and you figured out how to hack Blabbermouth and change what was actually in that story. Because if you read the story out of nowhere, he mentions the never say never again. Like, literally. Has, he doesn't talk about the movie. He doesn't talk about how he just kind of says, it's like that movie, never say never again. And then continues his point about something completely different you, you, that has nothing to do with the movie. You think I've uh, managed to uh, yes. edit blabbermouth like people can edit Wikipedia yes. just for the sake of putting in random references to my favorite and no one else's favorite James think, Bond movie. I think this whole like, oh, I don't know anything about technology is all a game. You've been playing me just for this one moment where you tried to trick me into thinking you actually have cosmic powers. Well, you know what I just noticed in all of the press release here from Lord about her biodegradable bullshit, no CD, blah, 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 blah. She says there's, at the end of the equalizers. The there's there's a little asterisk and then it says, but you know, never say never again. <laughs> Get ready for the, the 10th anniversary box set version of this album with more paper and cardboard than you've ever seen in your fucking life. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, yeah, I guess you do have powers. Either that or, you know, you're secretly a tech genius. I've been right about a few other conspiracies already. This might be the next. Hysteria, one of the greatest rock albums of all time. Being mentioned in the same breath as Never Say Never Again. I'm what does that tell you? Just saying. I'm just saying. All right. There's a gay in the NFL. What? Do the math for me, uh, Jeremy. If uh, you this believe the science that 10% of the population is gay, how many NFL players would that make gay in theory? 500,000. How I'm many how many players are there? Oh, I don't know. Oh, you're supposed to know these no, things. On the top, all right. There's every team has about sixty players. There's thirty two teams. What's the math on that? Hang on, I'm doing this. You see, this is already like that's too difficult. Wait a minute. I've got. I don't know where the calculator is on my phone. Do do six. Do fifty five. No, do sixty. Do what? sixty times thirty two. Sixty times thirty two is 1920. Okay, now divide that by 10. So 192. That's how many gay people there are <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> All right. So, we've got uh, one is out of the closet, 191 to go. Woo! We did it. We made it. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I don't, you know, again, as a gay person, don't want to live up to any particular stereotypes, but anyone else in the NFL looking to get Hallmark back on their TV for Christmas in July <laughs> like me, that might be a telltale sign. Uh, I think this is your moment. I think Carl, first of all, I'm very disappointed. You know, Carl Nassib had a perfect avenue to make this announcement. It wasn't Instagram. It was Did You America? And I'm tired of you not using your powers for the better of this podcast. You need to start wielding that verified dick. 
You need to throw <laughs> you need to throw Carl Nassib a message. Be like, hey, big boy stud, what you up to? Let's hit it, and while you're at it, come be on the pod. Are you referring to the fact that I sent you a text message going? He's kind of good looking. I could be a house. <laughs> yeah. I could be a house husband in Vegas. I'm saying we'd have so much more pull if you started dating the gay NFL player. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. I did. Um, I mean, he had a lovely manicured lawn. I noticed from the <laughs> from the Instagram post, and all I was thinking was I needed to pan around a little bit further to show me the house because if the house is as big as I'm thinking it is, I'm like, there's probably a lot of space for my Iron Maiden collection in that as well. That has <laughs> been the. It's kind of like the ruining of of, of, of of previous relationships that I've had. Whereas I think if I was dating someone in the NFL who had a massive, massive house, there would be enough room for me to have all of my Iron Maiden stuff in one part of the house that he didn't even have to step into. Yeah, see, I think the, the most interesting part of the story is, you know, we were talking about this yesterday. He's actually not that great of a player. But Controversial. Now, now, now he is, you know, the best player in the NFL. Like he, he made sure that he's playing in the league for at least another five years. What you're gonna cut the gay guy? Whoa, this might be the most unwoke take you've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm, you know, this helps him out a lot here. He's now has the number one selling jersey in the NFL. I saw that 24 hours after everyone checked out his manicured lawn and one gay thought, mm, how big's the house? Big enough for my Iron Maiden collection? <laughs> 24, that jersey. 24 hours after that, uh, the jerseys were almost sold out, right? And I think that's awesome. But, uh, you know, now there's going to be so much attention on him that, you know, so there was another player a few years ago uh, that came out before he was drafted. His name was Michael Sam. Mm. And, you know, now he probably he went I think was drafted in a late round and he probably wasn't going to be that great of an NFL player anyways but there was so much attention and focus on him that it ended up kind of hurting right. his career and other you know other players were like hey there's this backup player he's getting all the attention you know they obviously don't like that so it's going to be weird seeing how this player who's not the best player on the Raiders now getting all the attention mm. on the Raiders. Well, he will. I mean, all of those uh, companies that uh, decided because uh, it was Pride Month, they were like, right, we're going to massively get behind Pride and change everything on our websites to rainbow colors. Right. I mean, you you know the companies. There are loads of them that every, are like... Every company. Yeah, <laughs> almost You every, know them because it's every company. For the, for the month of June, we're going uber rainbow colors on absolutely everything. They're going to be lining up to give him endorsements left, right, and center, right? Because yep. this is the era to show we're woke we're woke you know what's gonna be hilarious is the people who are like i already started stopped watching the nfl with the whole kneeing during the anthem <laughs> thing but this was the final straw i can't go back this is not the nfl i love well i was gonna ask that because you know we're we're, we're discussing this in kind of like a light-hearted way i do think it's a, it's it's good that he had the courage to come out and like we said statistically if those statistics about the 10 percent of the population being gay then there are another 191 players who may or may not decide to admit that they're gay at the same time um so he his thing in the instagram video was you know i'm just putting it out i'm just putting it out there and uh you know i'm a pretty private person and i hope that further down the line people don't have to do videos like this because saying you're gay isn't actually an issue and there are plenty of people who responded to this going well done good on you for being brave yes we're you know people are more accepting and we're getting closer to a time now where people go you're gay okay don't really care and that was sort of the 
the general reaction that I saw from the media and online was good for you, but okay, not a big story because we don't want people being gay to be a big story. But is it fair to say that if you're going to look at the pockets of homophobia that still exist in society as a whole... Within the NFL, that would be a main pocket. Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, I should say, I the reason why I've always been so confused about the people who are just so hardcore homophobic is, I mean, this is no secret. Every single boy, and I mean every single boy, is gay until they hit puberty. <laughs> Have you ever met a little kid that was a boy that was under the age of 12? They're the gayest ever. Like, I, as myself, probably did many gay acts before I hit puberty and realized, oh, that's not for me. Well, there is a thing with the, with the kids uh, just hanging out as kids. is like you've got, uh, you know, boys just want to hang out with boys and girls just want to hang out with girls. And then there comes a time when they don't really care. And then there comes a time when they're inseparable if they're straight, right? Yeah, I'm just saying, I think there is a group of, you know, every boy goes through it. Some, as you say, statistically, will say 10% realize that this is who they are 192 in the nfl not we'll say 89.9 percent say oh what am i doing i actually like women get this penis out of my hand right <laughs> you said that as soon as you saw janet jackson's uh exposure I on said, the, on the Super Bowl. <laughs> uncle <laughs> <laughs> i uh and then there's that 0.1 percent who gets so upset about all the penises that they grabbed before 13. <laughs> right. That they now have to yell at everyone still grabbing penises to this day. So how do you think this 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 will this will go down? Is it going to I mean does it does it change anything are the accepting people just going to carry on applauding and being accepting are the, are the ones who are homophobic still going to be like homophobic? I'll tell you what it changes. The chances of Coors Light ever rebooting that Ann Twins commercial from the early 2000s that's definitely not happening now <laughs> i uh i don't know i you didn't know the commercial i had to show you before this podcast but plenty of listeners will remember in the early 2000s the main source of advertising during a football game was titties cars and beer mm. so Coors light geniusly said well we have two of those things you know what? we don't have a car though you know what we'll do to replace that we'll add an identical set of boobs and men went fucking nuts for it. So it was a thing that they just basically were, they recruited hot twins for their advertisements and just had. The, there was a song, and this, this is the, these are the literal lyrics to the song I love football on TV, shots of Gina Lee, hanging with my friends, and twins. <laughs> Followed by rock and roll, beer, women action and awesomeness and it was sold everyone was like yeah Coors Light delicious activated cold blue mountains let's do it well here's the thing with uh that's not coming back now. well here's the thing with Nasib. see as you describe that advert me as a gay guy I think that sounds like a fun advert and a good way of marketing beer and now we do fraternal twins male female I think that's the answer <laughs> 
But I think uh, in terms of attempts to uh, just bring people together, like him going, okay, I'm gay, it's not a big deal, I'm playing for the Raiders. According to Jeremy Hoffman, I'm not a particularly good player, but that's going to be fine now. Um, Don't throw that all on me. It's not because of me that he's not a good player. <laughs> he's average. He gets sacks every once in a while. He's just he's not the best player on the team. But I think, uh, you know, it, him, uh, him coming out is a bit like uh, the Caitlin for governor of California, where it kind of roots out the people that are extreme on both sides. Because in, in, the, in, in the Seeb's case... Loads of people were going, okay, great. It's someone, the, the first, because he's the first NFL player who's actively playing who's admitted to being gay, right? right? The others that have come out have come out after they retired. After they retired, or in Michael Sam's case, I don't think he didn't, ever actually Didn't actually played, get to right. play. Right, right, right. So that's why uh, people, are, uh, people are applauding uh, Nasib. Now, one of my gay, very liberal friends sent me a text message yesterday going, oh, yeah, but you know he's a Republican. And I'm like, okay. He's perfect. For me, yes. That's not, he, <laughs> but but he, wasn't, he wasn't sending that text message to go, oh, he's a gay Republican who plays football. You could move in in, in his big house in uh, Vegas and get your Iron Maiden collection in the, in the, in the east, east Quarter. This all just keeps working out better and better. You need <laughs> to give this guy a call. Just bring him in your car. You know what to do. You throw on side one, Led Zeppelin four, you just let the magic happen. It works every time. I, Gay or straight, I go, it works every time. I think, no, I think Led Zeppelin three, the folky album, that's more romantic. <laughs> Led Zeppelin four. Just don't two, play Cashmere. <laughs> Cashmere is on physical graffiti. Yes. Know your Led Zeppelin better. No, it's a Fast Times at Ridgemont High reference. Okay, well, I just brought it back to being the actual, actual Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I, you know. My, back- my point is, my point is, with my friend who's like, he's Republican, was not like, oh, he's perfect for you. It was like, okay, we loved him for 24 hours, us gays, but now we don't like him because he's a Republican. By the same account- Your gay friend's already burning his NASA jersey. But but, 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 he's like, damn, I spent $50 on this jersey yesterday. 120, pal. Is that how much they are? Oh, hell yeah. I spent $120 on this jersey yesterday, and now you're going to tell me he's Republican? By the same account, I saw uh, someone else post going uh, on, on the right, and again, this is where I think that you can root out the, the extremists who don't have any kind of level of tolerance because someone else on the right was posting, oh, so I see someone in the NFL comes out as gay and all the press start fawning over him. But when the player last week said that he wouldn't get the coronavirus vaccine, that was a bad thing. And again, <laughs> right? And again, it's the same thing as with the Caitlin thing where you were all pro-transgender until a trans person stands for the Republican Party. So it, when there, some people argue that sometimes I'm slightly more on the right than I am on the left. So can you believe some people? argue that who would have thought but my point here is is that with these kind of things you can get people on both sides because all of the gays that were like yay there's an open gay in the nfl oh he's a republican now we don't like him anymore and also the person on the right of like oh well the press fawning over that but not the guy who was refusing to take the vaccine you're just kind of like showing the extremes those two things are comparable no, <laughs> no i know i'm saying from the guy who did it not you yeah yeah yeah. That, that's what i'm saying that you know i uh you know i i think this is great in the end you know uh, five years ago even when michael sam came out and did it like there was a lot of media being like oh my god i can't believe this happened and, like it was cool that this time you know everyone was like oh okay like whatever let's move on he's just a player like even his teammates different teams like they ain't there haven't been a player being like oh i hope you don't see me in the locker room because like that's what <laughs> happened last time as well I just think, you know, we've now made this movement. We all got behind Nassib. Everyone bought his jersey. There's now one more movement we meet, we need to make. There's an NBA player 
His name is Rudy Gay. And he's a very good NBA player. He's, you know, oftentimes teams will only sell like the top two or three players' jerseys on their team. Mm. And Rudy Gay, throughout his whole career, has had his jersey on the NBA store. And year after year after year, Rudy Gay's jersey is the lowest selling jersey in the NBA store. And I think it's time we fully embrace that jersey. If you are woke in 2021, it's time you put Gay on your back. <laughs> yeah, he must be really pissed when he's seeing the sales of Nassim's jersey. He's like, are jersey. you kidding me? For years, you could have made me the movement. <laughs> I wear my jersey. I'm, I'm going to get one. I'm going to wear it loud and proud. Rudy, I have your back. All right, well... He's I, actually a good player. I, oh, you're taking such a controversial stance That's with this. That's not controversy. He's, it's factual. He's not one of the best players in the NFL. But you're right. I'm not saying you're, you're, he sucks you're, you're, because he's gay. You're right. No, that's true. But you're right in what you say, though. When the, when the uh, when uh, any of the commentators, uh, halftime or after the game, are doing their kind of uh, summary, and they'll be like, yeah, Nassibi wasn't very good, though, was he? No, they're going to be like, he fucking crushed it today. Did you see he got plowed over? five times <laughs> he allowed four touchdowns but he did it with pride <laughs> pride yeah. That's right. and everything's got rainbows on it oh, you already know <laughs> oakland nike's all over this there's going to be a rainbow raiders jersey it, he's gonna year. oh my god i just hope there's still enough room in his house for all of those nike sneakers and my iron maiden collection <laughs> oh there will be don't worry <laughs> we might need to how much money has Even he got the worst players get at least three hundred thousand. he might need to be start building in extension <laughs> just for the maiden gear uh, all right you're gonna find out carl nassib huge iron maiden fan oh. i'm telling you he's perfect for you wield that verified dick make it happen <laughs> we're gonna be calling today's episode wield that verified dick good <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be calling me up going what are you doing i'm like oh me and carl are just in the west wing of the house enjoying the seventh son of a seventh son album from 1988 <laughs> <laughs> twitter's like finally someone did- gets why we put that blue check mark by all these names what did carl nasib get you for your birthday oh we've got a 25 foot inflatable eddie in the front garden now <laughs> carl just said oh we- has a 15 foot dick <laughs> it's got a giant dick and the fu- neighbors love it and <laughs> and when the press come round so we can stay on brand there's an extra bit we can inflate that a rainbow goes over the top of eddie i love it this is gonna become the best podcast ever <laughs> all right one more sporting thing before we're done um did you know that uh, the euros are happening now jeremy no what is that it was uh, well it's confusing because it was meant to be euro 2020 it's uh, football that you play with your feet all right, so you're watching something that happened last year? No, well, it's confusing because it didn't happen last year, so it's now in 2021 because of coronavirus. So because it's something European, they didn't change the name. Got it, got it. <laughs> you know what we would have done in America? We would have called it Euros 2021. With that, well, we would have called it America's 2021 with a little asterisk at the end. We, That's how you do that, Europe. Uh, Jeremy brought up a, a thing which, uh, when he explained it to me, was quite obvious, but I'd never considered it before, that um, you basically hijacked our football and called it soccer because you were playing football 
soccer before you were playing. Oh, yeah. I mean, soccer was invented well before football was. And, you know, England invented America. So you have to imagine we were playing soccer here. Right. Before we were playing American version of football. It's so like, where the hell did soccer even come from? The name. I don't I don't have any idea. But at some point someone said, you know, what would be really good about this game if we don't play most of it with our feet and we throw the ball a lot more and we make it last at least four hours and intersperse it with about 250 adverts. Again. Which mostly now are Carl with rainbow flags exactly but but back in the day Antoine's that's <laughs> you know that that's that's what we did we again Brussels sprout syndrome we took what you guys had an okay sport you know played with your feet for hundreds of years and we said you know what the hardest part about this sport is you can't use your goddamn hands Let's use our hands, let's add pads, and let's make sure people die 20 years after playing. Right, you know what the problem with soccer is? Not enough brain damage to the players 10 years after they finish playing. I want to see you drooling at the end of the game. (laughs) (laughs) So the story from uh, Euro 2020, now happening in 2021, which uh, makes Europeans, particularly French, look particularly stupid, although I'm going to come out and defend them just uh, briefly here, is that a bunch of fans missed the France versus Hungary game in Budapest because they traveled to Bucharest by mistake. These are all places? See, Europe is confusing. I mean, it's already confusing enough that we're watching a 2020 tournament in 2021. Where is, you said Bucharest? Uh, Bucharest is in... That's not a place. Bucharest is in... um, uh, See, now... Romania? Romania, that's correct. Gotta love Google. I dare you to show me Bucharest on the map. This is my defense of the French people because I was reading this story on ESPN this week and it's kind of pitched as like, oh my God, these stupid French people, they don't know Budapest from Bucharest. They arrived in... So basically, they didn't only go to the wrong place to watch the game, they went to the wrong country. And my defense on this is... Do you know how many countries there are in Europe? Like, if Way you, too many. If you lined up and people were, were saying, oh, you know, they got off at the airport and didn't realize that the language was different. If you showed me a bunch of stuff in German, French, Italian, Hungarian, I would be like, I don't necessarily know which language is which. Europe can be confusing. If I start in Houston and I travel 10 hours north, I'm still in Texas. This is the right? <laughs> right. This is for perspective. If I start at various points in Europe and travel 10 hours in any direction, I could cross three different countries during that time. I mean, not only that, like, could you imagine if we had 50 different countries in America that all spoke different languages? We'd be the worst country. That's what makes us the best country. We're <laughs> like, no, there's 50 states and we all do the same exact thing just with a little bit of a twang. Right. So when Americans go, oh, I can't believe that the French went to the wrong country. I'm saying it's a very easy mistake to make. And if you ask me to point out Budapest or Bucharest on a map, Budapest, Bucharest, I mean, I don't, you know, there's so too much autocorrect on Travelocity. It's, <laughs> it's a very easy mistake to make when booking your flight. See, this is why it's just better to stay in America and watch normal sports. I was doing working on a radio show yesterday and they were having a conversation about... Um, if you've ever gone to the wrong place and as a result missed an event and one of my buddies has got a version of this but it's not the wrong place um but although it's a, a similar story 
One of my buddies who works in the music business was an executive at a record label during the 80s and the 90s. He's a prime example of why the music industry ran out of money because they used to just basically splurge money on just nonstop partying, right? right? This is the guy who I've told this story before, used to enjoy so much booze and cocaine during his time as a record label executive that in his office... He used to piss in his waste paper basket. Like there was so- like one with like holes in it. No, a waste paper. It was like, at least it, it like was a normal a solid mini one. Trash yeah, 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 yeah. Think of it as a trough. He yeah. did. There was still at least a bag in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was at least a, a, a bag in there. But the you know the lines of coke and the booze and God knows what else were freeing so freely in the office. He couldn't be bothered to get up out of his seat, leave his office, walk to the bathroom on the same floor in the building, piss in there, and then go back to partying. He would literally just be like hang on chop me out another line and could you just angle the waste paper basket in this direction i need to have a leak this is a random tangent but as someone who has worked in the same office as me i had to tell you this. so i was at work this morning i go to the bathroom as i normally do um i go to the urinal and on this this just shows you that like it doesn't matter if you're in the workforce where you're at men treat bathrooms in the most disgusting right. on the top of the urinal there was a layer of pee. Oh! Like, who does that at work? Only someone... Not only that, when I went to the bathroom the first time in the morning, you know what I saw on the toilet? Blue water. Which means that toilet was cleaned overnight. So someone this morning must have been hard as a rock, pissing straight into I the air. I was just about to say... Who you were there last night! You know there was no pee on no, that bathroom. No, it, it was a fresh-smelling bathroom. So the only conclusion here is that you made someone really horny this morning. <laughs> Happens every morning. And what then they, they, they were like, oh my god, I, Jeremy's just made me so rock hard, I need to go into the bathroom and knock one out. I mean, like, even... You need to... And there's not many people that you work at that radio station early in the morning. There was like They're, four men right. at that time. So you I, can, I almost investigated. You it. need to go around to the men and go, listen, I know I'm one sexy motherfucker, but <laughs> think of the cleaning staff. Could you please try and get your aim better? I couldn't imagine that they actually were trying to like, haha, I'm going to pee on the top of this. The only explanation is that they had a boner, didn't realize they had a boner, so they didn't do that awkward like boner stance when you're trying to still pee in the toilet, but your dick's pointing up, and they just let it kind of arch onto the top of the toilet. It's just denial. They can't, they, they're in denial of the fact that you are making them really horny. It, I'm telling you, it happens every day. It's, uh, well, there's someone who needs to go back to record labels in 1987 and start getting a waste paper basket in their office to start pissing in that to I'm, make to make the, the communal right. bathrooms a more comfortable experience for everyone else. I'm sorry for the tangent. I actually, I was, I took a picture. I was going to send it to you this morning. I was like, well, I can't do that. That's just weird. I, I, th I forgot no, about it until I this think moment. I think we've now developed a new theme on this podcast we need to keep a watch in that bathroom cock talk and piss talk <laughs> this is jeremy hoffman with piss watch coming to you live from the bathroom yeah but with a with an eventual aim i mean first of all we're gonna make the cleaning staff job um a lot nicer because they shouldn't have to clean up that mess from the top of the urinal and secondly and this is the thing that's really got me intrigued which of those four straight men is finding you so goddamn sexy at 6am? One that's clearly not straight, that's who. I mean, you know, you just need to go around and go, okay, 
Have you bought Carl Nassib's jersey? <laughs> Should we out someone? Let's go ahead and out someone. <laughs> anyway, the conclusion to uh, to the story about my mate who used to piss in his waste paper basket in his office was um, he was once working Billy Idol when Billy Idol was at his peak in the 80s and playing arenas, right? right. And uh, he said that it got to the point where sometimes going to gigs was a real slog. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. If you couldn't be bothered to get out of your office and go piss in the bathroom, <laughs> then actually having to go to a show, maybe getting on the subway, that must be you know a real a real chore and um he tells his story bearing in mind he's billy idol's record label person like, like a big he, deal yeah so he should know the whole schedule and this as i said goes back to the 80s when it's all rebel yell white wedding billy idol more and more and more yeah more 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 playing uh, playing arenas and such like that and my buddy tells his story of going with his girlfriend at the time as the record label person to see Billy Idol at Wembley but they've spent the whole day getting wasted because that's how he spent every day of course getting to Wembley finding their seats finding that other people are sitting in their seats which is this thing that happens every so often when you're in arenas and people get the the blocks of seating confused and he said in our state of being high as kites and absolutely drunk out of our mind we have an argument with this other couple for about 20 minutes that almost ends with me having a fight with the guy who I'm saying is in our seats and then we check the tickets and realise that we've got tickets for Billy Idol tomorrow oh my god <laughs> so so to end his embarrassment, of course, he then peed on that guy he was fighting with. That's how you win any argument. By pissing? Yeah, take that note, kids. All right. Um, I think we've covered a lot today. Um, if you want to talk to the show, digiamerica.com. Uh, you can leave us messages there. You can also vote for Song of the Week. You can vote for Song of the Week as well on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Camfield there if you wish to cast your vote. Uh, check out the old podcast episodes at the website. And also, if you feel so inclined, uh, get one of our T-shirts. How lovely are our T-shirts, Jeremy? So good on your nipples. Digiamerica.com for all of that stuff. Uh, I think we did America today. We certainly covered a lot of piss talk. Yeah, that we did. It's the new offshoot of Cock Talk. <laughs> We're just making segments after segments. <laughs>